Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Inside the Game of Politics with Pat McCrory is presented by Felix Savatis Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte, Charlotte's premier Mercedes-Benz dealer and the Carolinas' number one volume sales leader. Over 300 new and 200 pre-owned vehicles always available. Visit mbcharlotte.com. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS. This is continuing coverage on News Talk 1110-993 WPT. Breaking news. And that breaking news, of course, President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump, as of 1257 a.m. this morning, testing positive for COVID-19. Welcome to a special breaking news edition of the Pat McCrory Show. And Governor, first and foremost, your reaction this morning. Well, the good news is he has over a 99% chance of recovering, he and the First Lady, as do everyone who gets COVID. Now, he is over 70, so it would be about a 99.9% chance of recovering if he was under 70 with no pre-existing conditions. But the good news is, and this needs to get out more, is that 99% of the people, over 99% of the people get COVID recover. That doesn't make it any easier to get it because I don't like getting the flu either. He could have a very, very rough time. And we're going to be finding out during the next several days, does he have a temperature? Is he uh, bedridden? Can he still communicate? Is he sleeping the whole day? You know, everyone is um, dealing with this COVID. When someone gets COVID, some people I know, no problems. In fact, they were done in five days. They felt nothing. You've had a couple of football players that got it and came back in five days and they started playing again. Then you've got other people like our good friend Mark Estep who, who was, had pre-existing conditions. He was also going through cancer treatment. And he said it was pure hell. And then I've got friends of mine who've died. The other good news is they've learned to treat it. They've learned a lot in the last six, seven months on how to treat COVID. So we've got the two extremes, 99.5% chance of recovering to the extreme of the one per, less than 1% of the people who sadly die from this virus. And most of the people who are dying from this virus are elderly or those with pre-existing conditions, primarily diabetes and being overweight. Now, I heard one commentator yesterday before the president was diagnosed was actually saying the president ought to be more careful because he's obese. They actually use the word obese with the president. Now, the president is overweight. I don't think he's obese. 
But um, so the health care ramifications right now uh, for the president and the first lady, they're going to have good health care. <laughs> Sometimes when you're a governor or president or even mayor, you get too much health care and people over try to help you. And they, I'm, I'm dead serious. That's happened to me before. When I was governor, they did too many tests on me when I was sick because they were so worried trying to CYA. You know, the doctor covers their rear end and does all these tests. And president's got to be careful about that, too. So it'll be interesting what type of medication does he take? Is he bedridden? Is he able to communicate? Is he able to govern? So that gets into the second most important aspect of this, is governing. Is he able to govern, and if he is not, will he transfer the, the governing to Vice President Pence, who now, the good news is, he just tested negative. And his wife. And his wife. Um, so that's another major question, is the governing. And by the way, who else on that staff may be getting tested? Uh, is the chief of staff, we already know Hope Hicks, was the first news that came out yesterday, and they all got on the same helicopter together just uh, just yesterday. Marine One, Hope Hicks was on it, along right. with several of the staff members getting on the helicopter. And so don't forget... they could have issues regarding... The governing of the White House. Don't forget Tuesday night. Uh, not a lot of people were in that uh, room for the debate, but all of the inner circles of each candidate were there and family members. Well, if they were following doctor's advice, you know, I'm, I'm just hearing the news go, well, Vice President Biden and the president were together. They were like 15 feet apart. I'm not necessarily suggesting the two of them would have infected each other, but I'm saying in the audience you had people coming in close proximity. I mean, you know, I'm not. I, hopefully all the right health protocols were taken, but that's a lot of people in both the campaign's inner circles in one room. Well, let's uh, talk about the politics. Well, real quick. I was going to say, uh, I want to get to that in our next segment because that's a, another huge part of this. The health, first and foremost, obviously, but now what does it mean for the presidential election that uh, is in the home stretch? Not only the presidential election, the, uh, the elections for the Senate and House, which are huge. And we had a, a debate last night between Tom Tillis and Cal Cunningham. And there's also some news we're going to discuss outside of this. Uh, News in the White House, and that is uh, Cal Cunningham and the News and Observer, Charlotte Observer and the News and Observer, and them um, actually editing out an interview with uh, Cal Cunningham. Quite interesting, the transparency of our own media. What hypocrites. <laughs> it's a breaking news morning and mm. only one place to be on WBT and the Pat McCrory Show. Stay right where you are. We'll bring all the information to you. WBT breaking news. Breaking news. The story of the morning continues. Reaction. President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump testing positive for COVID-19. It was announced just before 1 a.m. And we started the show talking about the, the medical uh, ramifications of this and uh, speculating about where this might go. But, uh, and the there, governing ramifications. Well, exactly. And now we want to get to, uh, especially from your perspective, Governor, uh, the political ramifications because we're in the home stretch of this election now. And what does this mean for the debate schedule and many more things uh, to, to, to think about well politically i think it hurts uh president trump because i'm already hearing the uh, media spin well he didn't take it seriously which he did 
He didn't wear a mask all the time, therefore that's why he has the virus. We don't know how he got the virus, whether it was when he was wearing a mask or not a mask, or maybe because he didn't wash his hands, or maybe he just got the virus. (laughs) You know, it happens. This virus spreads so many different ways. We're still unsure. But politically, the Biden camp indirectly will be saying, see, the Vice President Biden was careful. He didn't get it. That's why he was in a cave. The president should have never gone out and done his rallies. And they should have worn masks in the White House the whole time. They're even looking at a debate night where Melania came on stage without a mask and Joe Biden's wife, Jill Biden, came on with a mask. Therefore, the Trumps have the virus and the Bidens do not. As though the mask, which, by the way, the record shows, I I wear a mask. I agree with a mask when you're around other people. When I'm not within 20 feet of somebody, I don't wear a mask. I might add also a mask. It's about an eight, it makes you about 18% safer from all indications, which is good. But most of us are wearing the mask incorrectly. I, I, watch, I watch people wearing their mask and then taking it off and putting it in their dirty pocket <laughs> or their dirty purse. And then they, have their, they cough in their hand, then they put the mask back on. So this was why masks were originally weren't recommended, because people would feel too safe with a mask. But we've also been saying on this show, if you're 70 and over, you got to be more careful. You still have a 99% chance of living and getting through this thing, but you have less of a chance if you're under 70 without pre-existing conditions. But politically... I think uh, the media and the Biden campaign will indirectly pay this off. Now, politically, also, some of the meanness on social media right now. He deserves it. I hope he dies. I mean, it's just the the cruelty of it all is just amazing. What about this is our president? And I'd feel the exact same way if this was uh, Joe Biden, Joe Biden or or uh, the Barack Obama and his wife. I mean, you know. What about the fact that the the quarantine that he now has to go through takes him off the campaign trail for possibly two weeks? Major ramifications regarding rallies, which he was getting heat on anyway for a a Green Bay rally coming up. It also has major ramifications for debate. This is a situation where if he does recover and wants to debate again, the Biden campaign might go, nah, I've had enough. Because the Biden campaign benefited from the debate more than the Trump campaign. I think they were both losers as a result of the debate. I think it turned more people off than encouraged people. Now, on the other side, it might show pity. It might, it might bring people more out to vote. And how the president handles this is going to be very important. How much he continues to communicate. It's, it's also kind of interesting when Tom Hanks or Chris Cuomo gets the virus, it's not because they didn't wear a mask. <laughs> they just got it. <laughs> you know, I never heard Chris Cuomo say, well, I must have not been wearing a mask. <laughs> have you ever thought about that? Now, Chris Cuomo gave us updates like every hour, you know, I'm trapped. I'm in st- my basement, probably which still it turns right out now. it wasn't true. It will be interesting if um, the president's going to be active on 
Twitter. Twitter? Mm-hmm. It's going to be active, interesting if he calls into Hannity every night, which he did just last night. I have that audio. Uh, maybe we should uh, listen to that yeah, when we sure. come back from the break, because it is uh, rather interesting. Uh, he, he was just he was talking hours, about Hope Hicks. Yeah, and talking about his interaction with her and how his inner circle there has operated in recent weeks. By the way, this also shows testing does not prevent you from getting. Remember all the experts were saying, if we only had more tests... It gave the impression that tests would prevent you from getting the virus. Well, the most tested person in the world, Donald Trump, got the virus. Well, you just said... Now, coming up, we're also going to talk about the ramifications on the economy. Mm-hmm. This, this may have extreme ramifications, at least in the short term, in the next 24 to 48 hours, and maybe longer on the economy, because the psychological impact could be big regarding the consumer and uh, them spending money out in public. May already be seeing that. And our school policy and our university policies and our bar policies and brewery policies, which Governor Cooper just relaxed yesterday. This is continuing coverage on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WPT, breaking news. Well, it has happened. It's happening right now, and we're reacting to it. President Trump and the First Lady testing positive overnight for COVID-19. Well, the uh, most important issue, frankly, is the governing of our nation when one of our leaders is sick. And, of course, we all pray for their his quick recovery. At least most of us are praying for his quick recovery. Some sick people on the left. And I've, there were sick people on the right when you know who wished Obama the bad things, which is the worst of any human being. Uh, not to wish for the safe recovery of our president of or of anybody, regardless if you like him or not. So first concern is just a personal standpoint. You, you want the first lady and the president to be healthy and Hope Hicks and their staff. The second is uh, the governing of the nation. How are we going to govern the nation? There are going to be a lot of questions asked during the next uh, eight hours, 24 hours, 48 hours regarding uh, – his uh, ability to govern while having this illness, updates, and also what Vice President Pence's role will be. Then we talk about the politics, including Vice President's debate, which will be very interesting. The politics of whether or not this works against the president in the campaign and future debates. The fourth thing is the economy. And I think this is going to have at least, at a minimum, short-term impact on our economy. Dow futures are down 400 points after this announcement overnight. And I think the reason for that is the psyche of America. When the leader gets this virus, it might, again, from a psychological standpoint, go, ooh, I better stay at home. I better not go out and spend money. It's going to hurt, especially, again, the travel and tourism industry, the hotels, the restaurants, which are sucking wind as we talk. They are hurting. In fact, bar owners in Charlotte are furious with the governor, Cooper, regarding his only outdoor policy for bars. And they're going, we're dying. You let breweries open, but we're dying. We cannot stay open any longer. We have, we have to pay the rent. We have to pay the electric bill. We have to pay taxes. And you're not helping us one bit. And a lot of those places don't have the uh, space outside right. to do what they're talking about. And movie theaters. Right now, I'd be, uh, well, i got to be careful what I say on the radio. But 
those people in the entertainment business, Hollywood, Disney, MGM, things of this nature, gambling casinos, wow, they're going, boy, this is going to stop everything again. And this is coming at a time exactly when the airlines are laying off tens of thousands of people. And American Airlines is one of our top five employers in Charlotte right now. One of the top five employers in North Carolina is American Airlines, and they're laying people off, and they're trying to get a package from Congress, which, by the way, it'll be interesting. This might speed up a filing agreement between Pelosi and Schumer against the president and Mitch McConnell. But they're they're stalemated at this point in time, too. But can you imagine right now the airline industry? They're the psyche of oh, the president gets sick. I better not get on a plane. And it's probably going to keep people staying at home longer in those jobs where you could do your work at home as opposed to going into work. And again, from the very beginning, I've always said the blue-collar worker is discriminated against regarding this virus because they can't do their work at home. You can't cut the lawn at home. You can't fix a pipe at home. You can't work from a nuclear power plant or a fossil fuel plant at home. You can't pave the roads from home. You can't be a police officer from home or a firefighter or a nurse or a doctor from home. You could be a radio guy from home if you'd like to, but we like each other so much that we come to work. Mm-hmm. But we take good precautions. We have screening before we come into the building. We take our temperature before we come to the building every day. And we stay away from each other. Of course, we were doing that anyway before. Yeah, I mean, before I, the virus, we stayed away because you're not allowed to make eye contact with me anyway. That's right. We invented social distancing. <laughs> yeah, just the way it is with the elite, like those in radio are, like you, who's on the radio, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's uh, interesting news. You know, when we heard Hope Hicks got it. You were, like, anticipating the president's in trouble because it was showing them getting on the same helicopter together. And uh, so the health and care of of an individual, our president and first lady, the governing, the politics, and the economy are the four major factors. And public policy now for schools and universities, will that change at all based upon the president? Uh, getting this virus. And there's a Panthers game on Sunday. And uh, Well, that's sports and entertainment. That's the entertainment industry. Will We've got the World Series. We've got the NBA playoffs, which very few people are watching. NBA Finals. Whatever. Yeah. I haven't watched a bit of it. We've got the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, College well, football. We've got a game canceled in the NFL. That's right. <clears throat> College football. And High you, school football. And you have germ-killing robots that will be patrolling Bank of America Stadium on Sunday. We've even got controversy about what what chemicals we're using on planes right now. Mm-hmm. Have they been tested? So Jim Zoki's going to join us, as he does on Fridays, heading well, into the this, Panthers this, weekend. It's going to be interesting how that impacts. We've got a Tennessee Titan uh, game canceled. So mm-hmm. Jim Zoki's talking about here the effect of this decision on... Um, on sports. Mm-hmm. This is continuing coverage on News Talk 1110, 99.3.
WPT breaking news. And the breaking news is President Trump and the First Lady testing positive for COVID-19. It happened, or at least it was announced, at uh, 12.57 a.m. this morning. And this is on the heels of the announcement late yesterday that Hope Hicks, his longtime uh, aide and uh, confidant in many ways, she tested positive. And she had been with him at the debate this week and on the on the uh, uh, airline, the uh, Air Force One, and in many places where uh, he has been. So, so there are Political implications, there are mm-hmm. governing implications, the economy is being impacted, and the major part of the economy that can be impacted by this is the psyche of sports entertainment, hotels, conventions, the airline business. It, it is not good news for America. Just because of the psyche, it might even make policies slow down regarding reopening reopening America, which is exactly what Trump wanted to do, was reopen America. And and frankly, by him getting this virus, it might have the opposite impact. And who else is part of the sports and entertainment industry? Jim Zoki and the NFL. And they're trying to not just the NFL, the NBA, the you know, Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. hockey just ended. They all have their various uh, ways that they have restarted the NFL uh, as it relates to Charlotte. Now, different cities have different uh, abilities to bring people back. Some teams have said no fans all season. But uh, Carolina, the Panthers organization, is in one of those states and is one of those teams that is evolving their policy as uh, restrictions get lifted slowly but surely. And, of course, uh, Phase 3 begins in North Carolina uh, as uh, issued by Roy Cooper today. 7% people allowed in the stadium, including... Including Jim Zoki. That's Who's right. On the air. Zoki, good morning. Brought to you by New Serum Brewing Company. Uh, yet another uh, another can can down the road of this uh, recovery process. Seven uh, percent. What does that mean to you? It means what? Fifty two hundred or so fans in the stadium. Yep, but they got to be really loud because that's all we get is uh, 5,200 in pods of no more than five people in a place. And uh, some suites will be open. Uh, two of the gates will be open. They'll have some concession foods prepackaged. But, yeah, it's kind of a, almost a soft opening to the uh, season for the fans coming in. It almost seems like they'd have more gates open just to make sure there's not a group of people waiting in line. It's going to be interesting, but I'm sure they'll have spacing requirements and be very careful. Well, and and, uh, the big headline across the league yesterday is this, or these, I should say, there are three of them, these $125,000 coronavirus-killing robots that are going to be patrolling the premises, Jim. These are germ-zapping robots. I think everyone (laughs) should have one or two at their disposal whenever they like. It's just cool to think about that. I don't like robots replacing people's jobs, but uh, germ-zapping robots for safety seem like a good idea. You can call (laughs) 1-800-555-666 right now. And you get two for one here on the Pat McCrory Show. You, oh. you laugh, but I do a commercial read every week on the Panthers pregame show for the germ-zapping robot. So you, you can you I knew can there was a conflict up. of interest here. We're going to have to deal with the FCC right now. <laughs> so um, we got the Tennessee Titans game was already canceled with, right. uh, what, Pittsburgh? Yep. And, and so that'll be postponed until probably later this month when there's an open date. Well, we always knew of this risk when we reopened sports that it could be shut down. What do you think? What's the psyche of the players? And does President Trump getting the virus, do you think that will impact uh, policies? 
You know, I, the NFL, as Bo mentioned, with the sports, I think the sports have been, you know, at the forefront. They seem to have the, the financial ability, for one thing, to do things like daily testing, which the NFL has, which at least helps to contain it. Something like Tennessee, I think they ended up with a total of 11 cases, uh, counting staff members and players. And at least they were able to contain it, it looks like, to 11. Uh, but uh, And the team they played last week, Minnesota, didn't have any from the game, so that was a good sign, and they're going to play this week. So at least when you do that amount of testing in these kind of private enterprises like the NFL, they're able to at least to not let it spread to where some of these colleges have had at a time 20, 30 kids get it at the same time. Well, and we also watched Major League Baseball uh, have a rocky beginning where they had a lot of teams that didn't end up making the playoffs have to cancel games, and, and some of those games didn't get made up. Uh, so now with the NFL, the interesting part about this Pittsburgh-Tennessee game is uh, your initial thought might be, oh, they can just uh, play that game during their bye week. Well, uh, no, because their bye weeks aren't the same bye week. And so this is going to affect other teams in order to make this schedule uh, space out correctly, right? Yeah, that's all to be worked around. And, you know, what happens if this happens uh, late December and there's really not time to even reschedule another game? You're going to have to, from a competition standpoint, uh, look at it as probably not going to be fair. But you said uh, baseball had to go through that, and it's kind of what we're all dealing with. So we see college games getting canceled. Appalachian State's already canceled their weekday game next week. Uh, they're supposed to play Louisiana. And, uh, of course, they had games canceled. A lot of colleges have had games canceled. Well, and the Tar Heels are back in action for the first time in three weeks tomorrow here on WBT against Boston College because uh, their game against Charlotte was obviously canceled. They had a uh, so so three weeks since they've played. Uh, that's that whole thing is how that affects your team is is another part of this. Yeah, they play a game against Syracuse and win, and then they, they don't play for three weeks. And now they've replaced the Charlotte game. They're going to play Western Carolina uh, later in this season if that happens. You know, again, if everyone stays healthy. Uh, so it's. Um, it's just kind of muddling through, I guess, with a situation that's kind of unprecedented. Well, I hate to say it. Uh, I couldn't tell you who won the Stanley Cup the other night, but it doesn't feel like anyone won the Stanley Cup. The NBA championship, I know it'll count for another NBA championship to either L.A. or Miami, but it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like what teams really have to go through in Major League Baseball, the World Series, or in uh, it just doesn't feel like it. You know, it doesn't. Did you know? Tampa, it doesn't feel like it should count. Did you even know Tampa Bay had an NHL team? No, <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that hotbed of hockey in Florida. Yes. Is that who won the Stanley Cup? Yes, they, I, did. I, I they did. I saw them hold they up did. the trophy, and it just didn't. Tampa Bay Lightning. And I think the NFL may have a similar situation where they go, "Well, we had teams cancel, other teams." Do they really deserve this? Are we going to have a Super Bowl? <laughs> well, no. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because Zoki asked one last thing. They keep talking about the you know these teams that uh, have have eliminated these playoff droughts, and I don't. This doesn't. This is a shortened season and an added playoff round. So when you talk about the Braves, you know, winning a series for the first time in so long, and some of these other teams, it's, it feels hollow to me. I think it's like this: if you're a Braves fan, you're happy they won, and you take it all. And if your team lost, you go, this isn't a real season. This doesn't count. <laughs> That's right. You know, I do have an idea for the Super Bowl. I think the Super Bowl ought to be in Charlotte because we know how to hold a convention <laughs> or a big event right here in Charlotte and then cancel it and then bring it back and then cancel it. Charlotte yeah, doesn't would be, work out. Charlotte would be it, perfect for a pseudo Super Bowl. And then it'll do If it doesn't work out, we'll play it on the White House front lawn because that's a big grassy well, area. Yeah. The convention. Well, we can't do it there now. Don't forget it. It'll go to Jacksonville for a couple of weeks and then it'll come back. <laughs> 
All right, Zoke, thank you. New Serum Brewing Company brings us the Carolina Panthers broadcast member since day one and, of course, WBT Sports Director. Hour number two on a breaking news Friday coming up, including Chuck Todd. Chuck Todd, and we're going to talk about the Tillis uh, debate and some controversy with Cal Cunningham and the Charlotte Observer and Raleigh News and Observer. Uh, Some little hiding of information, a lack of transparency with our media. What a surprise. Stay with us on Charlotte's number one rated morning show. This is the Pat McCrory Show on WBT and Radio.com. This is continuing coverage on News Talk 1110, 99.3 WBT. Breaking news. Special edition of the Pat McCrory Show and big breaking news overnight. President Trump and the First Lady testing positive for COVID-19. The news came just before 1 a.m. Of course, President Trump is 74 years old. That puts him in the higher risk category. I can tell you, Governor, as uh, we are just past 9 o'clock, Joe Biden has uh, made a statement on Twitter released in the last few minutes, and it goes like this. He says, Jill and I send our thoughts to President Trump and First Lady Melania Trump for a swift recovery. We will continue to pray for the health and safety of the president and his family. Very nice uh, tweet. And, um, you know, it's interesting. I just saw John Roberts of, on Fox News say that the, the, the narrative right now on, on cable TV is the president wasn't careful with the virus. Although John Roberts just said on TV when they were on Air Force One, one time the president invited John Roberts to come back to his office on Air Force One. And uh, John Roberts couldn't hear what the president was saying, so he moved closer, and the president said, John, I'm sorry, you've got to back off. You, you've got to stay six to eight feet away from me, and we're, we're enforcing that very strictly. So it's kind of interesting. One narrative is the president wasn't careful because he wasn't wearing a mask, and the times you saw him not wearing a mask was no one was near him except for his wife. Now, the dilemma with this virus is, you can do testing every day, but sometime during that day between the testing, you can interact with someone who maybe wasn't responsible and wasn't keeping six or seven feet from total strangers that had not been tested. Some people have been saying that Hope Hicks, at one of the recent rallies, a lot of people wanted to shake her hand and see her. You know how I, I see I see this at the rallies. People would even want to shake my hand and get near me and do selfies. Oh God, I love seeing you. And you're just you just wanna you wanna satisfy them. And I can see sometimes some of the campaign aides in around the president at rallies or other events that they've been traveling on maybe go, ah, I'll, okay, I'll do one selfie with you. Or they see a friend. And then they go back and interact with the president. But the narrative, political narrative, is going to be the president doesn't like masks. He, if he'd worn a mask, he wouldn't have it. He didn't take this seriously. Um, so it's going to be a political situation. I'm, I'm very concerned about the economic situation of reopening our government because the psyche of our nation right now, will this impact the policies at the state and cities of reopening our schools, reopening our restaurants and hotels and People wanting to travel at a time when we're laying people off and businesses can no longer afford to pay their rent. And that, of course, trickles over to, you know, people who own shopping centers and the restaurants hadn't paid their rent now for five, six, seven months. It, it, everyone's impacted by this if we don't reopen the economy. The good news is we're going to find out 
by the president will be a role model. 99% of the people who get this disease, even over 70, recover. And that's something that's not repeated at all on the front page of Shaw Observer anyplace. Other thing that's going on is the contact tracing now, and obviously the White House, uh, their abilities to do that uh, as sophisticated as anywhere on Earth, but their contact tracing and all, they just flashed a video up on screen or a graphic of all the people in the Trump campaign and the inner circle that have been exposed to Hope Hicks in the last uh, several days, and they, they put up 21 different people. And so uh, we should say that the vice president and his wife, uh, the second lady, both uh, have tested negative for COVID-19 And I bet you they're going to be isolated, too. They'll probably be staying at the vice president's uh, mansion at the observatory uh, home where I, I've had the honor to be with them uh, just last year. I bet you they make sure that he stays healthy during this 10 days. And we pray that it's only 10 days. And the other thing about this virus, and I learned this from my nephew, Patrick Sebastian, who got the virus, and I've since read it. The hardest part of this virus is usually the seventh, eighth, or ninth day if you get impacted. You know, a lot of people go, God, you know, I feel fine the first four or five days, and then it hits you. And uh, you might get nausea, you might get achy, you might just want to sleep, you get headaches. So it's going to be interesting what the president has. Or the worst scenario, one of the worst scenarios, will they have to put the president in the hospital mm-hmm. or ICU? And you were talking- or, of course, the worst scenario, you know, remember when we were ordering all the ventilators and the nation was going to be shortages of ventilators, which never happened. And that's because medicine's gotten a lot better. We aren't having to use a lot of ventilators. But once you get on a ventilator, at one time the stat was 75% of the people got on ventilators didn't make it. But a small percentage of the people were getting on ventilators because 99% of the people were making it. Age 74, Trump is now. And and we've been doing this show long enough. Mm -hmm. And COVID has been with us as a society long enough that you can think of really examples of people that you know that fall Mm -hmm. into every one of these categories. Well, I had a a great friend of mine in in Greensboro, Fred Starr. He was a furniture, uh, started a major furniture company in High Point. A very good friend. And he was good friends with my parents. And I saw him uh, four months ago. He took he we met for dinner, and he was just the healthiest guy. He was in his 80s, but he looked like he was 50. He looked younger than I did. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, he he was he died mm-hmm. because he went to a conference the next day in Atlanta. But and but he was healthy. But he was like 88 years old. But gosh, you would have known it. You know, well, you just I don't mean, know. Everyone's different. And Mark Estep was on the show, and Patrick Sebastian. We had Darren Arians, who passed away tragically yeah. in our building, and then you have Vince Coakley, who uh, comes on right after us, who mm-hmm. who who con- contracted the virus and uh, has recovered. So, like I said, you can think of all different. And Chris examples. Cuomo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your buddy. My buddy Chris, <laughs> who, by the way, Anderson Cooper. You had the First Lady's former aide playing tapes of private conversations on the phone between First Lady Melania Trump. I'll bet you she was watching that after learning she had COVID. What an insult. CNN is allowing private tape recordings of phone calls where both parties weren't notified to be played. How far down are you going to go, CNN? And would you like that that to be done to you when we come back so insulting nbc the moderator of meet the press yes chuck todd gonna join us and i'm sure he's got thoughts about this breaking news uh 
I hope we can get him. We're going to call him in just a few. He has not told us he's not going to be on, but I imagine his work day has changed. Yeah, uh, I know him well enough now that if he was not going to come on, I think I'd know about it now, but we'll find out together. I was going to talk about the debate with him, but right now, who cares about the debate? That's right. That's right. Well, you know, it's appropriate that we play this music because it's Meet the Press. This is also the music NBC plays when there's a special reporter breaking news. And today certainly qualifies President Trump testing positive and his wife, the first lady, for COVID-19. Yeah, Chuck Todd, an honor to have you back on the show today. I know you've got a busy day, but there are governing ramifications. There are political ramifications. The economy and policy right now could totally change the psyche of the American public. What, what, what's your initial reaction, and what should we, we be watching for? Well, look, this is, a, it, look, this is a, a, um, obviously a, a big uh, shock to our, our current governing system. And I think, number one, uh, I think we need to see and hear the president today in some form um, and, and let the public judge for themselves a little bit. We're told he's well. We're not told... If he's as- they have not said he's asymptomatic, and my, I will just I will just make this little note. A handful of governors have tested positive over the last three or four months. Anytime any of the governors have been able to say they're asymptomatic, they say I'm asymptomatic. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they have not said the president's asymptomatic or the first lady's not asymptomatic is not- noteworthy to me. But you know they say that well, okay, what does that mean? So I do think it begins with. A lot more transparency from the White House right now. Um, I think this is a real PR challenge. You know, we, we could debate their credibility, but I think for a chunk of the country, um, their credibility gets called into question on good days. This is not a time to have your credibility, you know, get called into question. And so, and that's you know, talking about the political narrative at this point in time, too. Forget the political. Right. I'm just talking yeah. about governing narrative first. Sure. Foremost, right. Because we need to know, um, can the president carry out the duties, you know, and every... Here's the thing, as we all know, the way this virus works. I mean, we went through this with Boris Johnson. Remember, yep. he got the virus yep. early on. And, yep. you know, when he got it, he would let us know. And then all of a sudden, you noticed he was getting sicker. Then he had to give up some powers. Then he ended up in the hospital. But then he did recover. I mean, look, we have provisions in our Constitution to deal with this. Um, with You know, and uh, George W. Bush has temporarily handed the powers of the presidency to Vice President Cheney when he went under anesthesia. Did it with Ronald Reagan, with then Vice President George H.W. Bush. So there are provisions to do this, but you do need to be transparent about it because that's how you keep the country calm. The good and news the is, thing. the good news statistically, he has over a 99% chance of recovery, a little less because of his age. Right. Ab- uh, of uh, normal people. The, the bad news right. is there is a psychological impact here. Well, there can be. And, and here's the thing. We also know there's lingering, there's, there's the, the side effects linger. You know, I've got yep. some friends and colleagues and the side, sure. you know, they're like, you know, they got over it, but the side effects linger and, and you know, and they, they, they can be a bit more debilitating the older you are, some of these side effects versus so, the younger you are. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of ramifications here. But the biggest one near term, um, and we were talking about it off air just a minute ago, is, is sort of what do you do with Vice President Pence mm-hmm. right now? Mm-hmm. And I think he's got to limit his travel. Not only does the president have to limit his travel, but Pence has to limit his travel until we know the president's out of the woods. So next week, next Wednesday, is the vice presidential debate. What about that? Well, I think, I think if it happens, it, that it will happen virtually. Hmm. Um, I Believe it or not, um, I actually moderated a virtual debate this year. Mark Warner and Daniel Gade, the two candidates for U.S. Senate in Virginia, I was in a TV studio. They were in remote locations, um, and it actually went off okay. 
hmm. believe it or not. It wasn't, you know, they were able to engage. There obviously wasn't a lot of crosstalk. You want to you solve your crosstalk problem? <laughs> so put everybody in separate, separate studios. Um, and we've actually had this before. You know, one of the Kennedy-Nixon debates was remote. People don't realize that, but they did four of them. And one of them uh, had uh, one in L.A. and one in New York. So I did I, not I know John that. McCain, I did and not I remember know John, that. I remember John McCain participating in a primary debate in 2000. I, I, I'll never forget because they brought a TV monitor out, and McCain's face was on the monitor while everybody else was in person. Um, it was He couldn't get back because of a vote, and it was one of the few debates that he was going to be with George W. Bush. From a uh, hey, Real quick, from so, a transparency yeah. standpoint, from media, what type of transparency will you be expecting from the president? Of course, this, this is the kind of guy who does Twitter a lot during the day. If I he know. doesn't do Twitter, you've got to assume he ain't feeling well. <laughs> that, you know what? That's a good point. There's your real gauge. Be, yeah, that is going to be how some people gauge. So, And we know some people tweet for him uh, sometimes, every once in a while, not often. Usually you can tell if it's tweet from iPhone versus tweet from Android, right? Mm-hmm. There's been some clues on that front. But, yes, I think some transparency every day on the president's condition um, and, you know, uh, you know how trustworthy that's going to come across is certainly going to be, I think, subjective to the ears of many. Wow. So from uh, the psyche of the policy impact, I've been talking about the policy impact in the remaining minute here. You know, states, including North Carolina, are reopening. Very controversial between our governor and our lieutenant governor yeah. running against each other. You know, 7% now in the NFL stadium, and no one knows where the hell 7% came from. Why not 8 or 10? It's science. 7.5. <laughs> but what do you think is going to happen with policy now? You know, it's a great question. You know, like the state of Florida is all opened up, and, and, the, and certainly there isn't a statistical reason why the state just fully opened everything up, but... I think it, I wonder if it does cause some second thoughts. I'll be honest. I think as a country, we've been a little lackadaisical lately. You know, we've all been going around thinking, okay, maybe we can't yeah. have fans and stands and we can have do this. And I'm sorry. I think this is a reminder. <laughs> the virus hasn't gone anywhere. I mean, this thing, God, I'll never forget that one guy early on at, on Meet the Press, one of these doctors that we have, epidemiologist, and he said, he goes, you know, no matter what you think, this, this virus is going to stalk us. It's going to just stalk us for months and everybody just needs to prepare for that. And that's kind of how I felt this, this morning. You know, well, you know, well, six months ago when you were morning, on, yeah. it's just like this virus is stalking us. Every time you think you've just starting to put it in the, put it, you know, get, get your arms wrapped around it. It bites you in the, you know what? Well, 60%, uh, I said eight, six months ago, I think 60, 70% of us will end up getting it. And hopefully 99.9% of us will survive, but man, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I get here. I have my one real prediction. What's wearing that? Masks, wearing masks will be cool now. How's that? I agree, but I'll keep. The problem is, I shove them in my pocket, and I'm breaking all the policies. <laughs> you know? He said they'll be cool. He didn't say that Governor McCrory would look cool. Oh during. gosh, I that's know. my biggest problem. <laughs> well, uh, I know you've got to figure figure out your show for Sunday. Meet the press Sunday. I I know you have no idea what you're going to do now. You probably no were going to talk about the debate and so <laughs> forth, but yeah, we were a little. Who remembers the impeachment? Ago. Now, who remembers the debate? It's moved on to something else. It always does. Chuck Todd, thanks so much. Take it easy, guys. Appreciate it, man. All right. He uh, there on NBC Charlotte Sunday morning at 10. When we come back, the last time President Trump 
spoke was during an interview with Sean Hannity last night, and he talked about Hope Hicks. And yeah, I want to we're going to talk that. about that, and also briefly about the top. We have a Senate race which could determine the Senate, the majority of the Senate, and future Supreme Court packing and things of this nature. And we'll talk a little bit about that. And we want to hear from y'all. That's right. What are your initial impressions now? That the president has tested positive. 704-374-3800. on News Talk 1110, WBT, Pat McCrory Show. Uh, I want to get to this uh, Fox News audio from last night. This is on Hannity, Governor. Uh, this is the last audio we have from President Trump before the uh, positive COVID-19 uh, uh, announcement was made uh, just before 1 a.m. Uh, this was the president talking to Sean Hannity about Hope Hicks and the fact that she tested positive for COVID-19 earlier in the day. She's a hard worker, a lot of masks. She wears masks a lot, but she tested positive. And I just went out with a test. I'll see what, you know, because we spent a lot of time and the first lady just went out with a test also. So whether we quarantine or whether we have it, I, I don't know. You know, it's very hard when you're with soldiers, when you're with uh, airmen, when you're with uh, the Marines and, I'm with, and the police officers, I'm with them so much. And when they come over to you, it's very hard to say, stay back, stay back. You know, it's, it's a tough kind of a situation. It's a terrible thing. So uh, I just went for a test and we'll see what happens. I mean, who knows? But you know Hope very well. She's fantastic and she's done a great job. But it's very, very hard uh, when you are with people from the military or for law enforcement and they come over to you and they they want to hug you and they want to kiss you because we really have done a good job for them. And you get close and things happen. I was surprised to hear with Hope, but she's a very warm person with them. And she she knows there's a risk, but she's uh, young. And I just, I just went out for a test. They just do it. It'll come back later, I guess. And uh, the First Lady also, because we spend a lot of time with Hope and others. So we'll see what happens. But uh, Where are we with therapeutics and with the vaccine, you in your view? Our, you have to treat our people great. You can't just say, stay away, stay away. They come up to you. There's such love with what we've done for them, and there's such love. And you have to treat our people great. Uh, I think. And so there you go. That was uh, him talking about Hope Hicks. Well, he didn't throw uh, Hope Hicks under the bus. That's right. <laughs> uh, he went. That's the way it is. That's the virus. It's interesting. He said Hope Hicks wears mask. Um, again, the mask. I, I agree with wearing mask. It's not the cure all to end. Are there people wear mask that still get COVID? But that doesn't mean you shouldn't wear the mask. And the mask don't work. You know this virus. Uh, does weird things. Again, the, the good news is 99, over 99% of the people get the virus, regardless of your age, get through this thing. And uh, we, we aren't told that an awful lot. It's not something I want, however. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to lose weight that way. If you were governor and you had just tested positive for COVID-19, what would you do right now? What would your plan of action be? I'd just isolate. I mean, would you? Chuck Todd just said that it's important that President Trump make some sort of yeah, statement. Yeah, make today. sure the loot. Yeah, I, I would try to make as. I'd try to have someone give updates as quick as possible and as accurate as possible about my condition. And it's probably a, you know, it could change drastically or it could change not at all. And by the way, those updates will probably move the stock market. So maybe this is a time for education, too. Uh, what's interesting, it takes the total political argument away from the Supreme Court, the Senate race, uh, the debate, 
it's just amazing how this news cycle moves so rapidly. Speaking of the Senate race, we had a debate last night between Cal Cunningham and Tom Tillis, News 14. No real fireworks. Uh, Cal Cunningham is in some controversy right now. Actually, more than that, the Charlotte Observer and the Raleigh News and Observer interviewed Cal Cunningham for their endorsement, and they videotape interviews when they do endorsement interviews, and they videotape this interview with Cal Cunningham which they've done with me in the past. Well, they also often have news reporters in those interviews to ask current questions. Because, frankly, Cal Cunningham's kind of like uh, Governor Cooper. He's not available that often to ask questions. So a reporter came in at the end of the editorial interview with uh, Cal Cunningham and started asking tough questions about Cal Cunningham's role in a very, very controversial zoning case in Durham for a big developer, which Cal Cunningham represented. And the big developer was against the environmentalist. And originally the environmentalist won, but then Cal Cunningham helped lobby the state legislature of Republicans to overturn the local Durham decision in favor of a big developer. And so the Charlotte Observer news reporter started asking all these questions during the interview being videotaped. And one of the editorial members going, well, this isn't right. This isn't right. We need to move on. This has no impact on our endorsement. And the head editorial writer said, no, we allow this in, which was good. The bad news is they then released a second tape in which they took that part of the video out. <laughs> the News and Observer, McClatchy newspaper, is not transparent with the truth, in other words. They edited the controversial part of the Cal Cunningham interview and took it out of the editorial interview, and their excuse, well, that was news, that's separate. It's amazing how the news media complains about lack of transparency of the politicians, and they do their own pre-editing of the news that's available to us, the general public, especially from people like Cal Cunningham and Roy Cooper, which we rarely hear from except in political TV ads, which are getting old. <laughs> So we're going to have to live with that. But right now, all the news is with regard to A mm -hmm. um, couple of uh, developments while you were talking right mm -hmm. there. Number one, uh, vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris has tested negative this morning mm -hmm. for COVID-19. Joe Biden is going to be tested today because of his close proximity to President Trump well, on stage. Well, he wasn't that night. close. Well, I'm just telling I mean, you what, yeah, the, he's what they within just said. the specter. And by the way, Joe Biden... He wasn't tested for the first time until about three weeks ago. Remember, he he was not being tested, which is kind of interesting. So um, anyway, what's your feedback? 704-374-3800. What do you think? What are your comments? Boy, a big change in the last 24 hours. Yesterday, everything was about the debate. Now everything's about, again, the virus. The virus ahead of the Supreme Court. Ten before ten o'clock here on WBT. It's a breaking news kind of morning, and because of that, we're going to do a, a combo plate. We're going to be rescued. Here. That's right. So our, our hero, country needs to be rescued, and sometimes Charlotte does too. Henderson Properties brings us our hero of the week, or in this case, heroes of the uh, week. We on the appreciate Henderson Properties, and because we need to be rescued right That's now, right. and there's one group of always re rescuing people, especially need. A lot That's of right. people are trying to help themselves, and some who can't help themselves, 
but one of my favorite organizations. That's right. Is the Charlotte Rescue Mission. And the Community Matters Cafe, which all of oh. you listening now should know very well, because we've talked a lot about this with Tony Marciano uh, and the gang from uh, and Ed Price, who uh, is right there overseeing everything. And so we've got uh, we've got our hero. We've got also our big finish. We've got is, your calls. Which is brought to you by Felix Abadis, Mercedes-Benz of South Charlotte. Henderson Properties brings us our hero segment, and we're going to combine. We're going to like Ghostbusters. We're going to cross the streams. And invite, we don't invite just anybody. Because we can. To be part of the big finish. So, uh, guys, welcome back to the studio. What's Thanks, going buddy. on? Everything's going on, man. Business is coming back, and we're looking for more people to come visit us for sure. And I hear I hear the community cafe at the Shaw Rescue Mission, right behind Panther Football Stadium, is now safer than the White House regarding COVID. <laughs> to eat there, you can eat outdoors. It's fantastic. Absolutely. I love what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, we're... Increased capacity outdoor seating and the indoor seating at 30% still gives us 90 seats. We've got so much room, you can't touch people. We had a Vietnam vet in yesterday with his service dog, and he just commented that this doesn't make him feel closed, and he loves it. And remind me, Ed, who else we have in the room? We have Tony and... Ashliana. Ashliana is our... Uh, back of the house, executive, uh, food and beverage director. So she's been with us since the beginning. She's our culinary person. That's correct. She's here in her chef So coat. she helps serves the food, and the people helping you serve the food are who at the Charlotte Rescue Mission? Yeah, so I have a chef in cuisine. He's Kyle Johnson, and I have a pastry chef. It's Miranda Brown. And then we have all of our students that we get to work hand-in-hand right, hand with. They're cooking all the food on the line and, and baking off the morning buns every day. So it's a good day right now. If you want to have a good lunch, go to the Community Cafe right off of... Um, Community Matters Cafe. Community Matters Cafe at the Short Rescue Mission. It's beautiful. Great view of the skyline and the football stadium. And it's right behind the football stadium off of... Was that Mint? What street is that? Cedar and First. Cedar and First. Cedar, Cedar Street right off of uh, Moorhead. That's correct. You get there off of Moorhead Street right by the stadium. Um, it's fantastic and great food. And then you can talk about all the politics going on. You know, if that's what you want to talk about or if you want to get away from the politics. That's In right. fact, let's take a call right now on some of the politics and we'll, we'll listen to what you have to say about this virus and the president. On the big finish. That's right. Combo the, plate. The big breaking news of the day. Uh, I don't know where you've been if you haven't heard this yet, but I'll repeat one more time. President Trump and the First Lady have tested positive for COVID-19. A lot of people want to talk about it, so here we go. Hey, uh, so the president tested positive. Does this mean that he is instantly incapacitated? Explain to me what testing positive means. Uh, testing positive means different for every person. Some people just go along fine. They need to be isolated so they don't give the virus to anyone else. Some people have fever. Some people have nausea. Some people want to sleep. Some people get really bad shape. The good news is over 99.5% of the people who get the virus are surviving. And that's good. And that's what we want. We want the president, regardless of your political affiliation, we want the president to survive and we want his the first lady to survive and Hope Hicks to survive, just like we'd want anyone to survive and get well as quick as possible. I'm just wondering what would happen between now and the election if something would happen to Trump or Biden and they couldn't take office. Uh, well, the vice presidents would be in charge then, and then most likely they would have to pick a vice presidential candidate, take their place. But actually, the parties might have to get involved to reassure that the vice presidential candidate would then be their nominee for president. But right now, it's too late to change the ballot. 
Can we agree on one thing? That what? So if it happens next week, this may be the most interesting vice presidential debate we've ever seen. And this is why you need to come to the Community Matters Cafe <laughs> to right. talk about this. Absolutely. Right now, come to the Community Cafe right off of uh, what street again? It's been two <laughs> minutes since you told me. Cedar and, Cedar and First. Cedar, Cedar and First, right behind the stadium. And this is where we're trying to help the homeless in our community. The short rescue mission, I'm a big supporter of it. Tony, I love you guys and your team. I'm going to take a call, and I'm going to pretend he was a caller to the big finish. His name is Tony Marciano. Tony, what more should we know today on this Friday since the last time I talked to you that you want to get the message out about? We had a special friend of the mission come for lunch, and he ordered the BLT sandwich, and he was expecting some really thin, thin, lousy (laughs) bread. And he looked at it, and he was blown away by the quality of the bread. When people think of the rescue mission, they're going to think, well, is it going to be broken furniture and lousy food? It's not. The food is excellent. The ambiance is off the charts. There's no ketchup squeeze bottles. There, there's no paper napkin dispensers. This is elegant dining. I want to hear a prettier voice right now. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, Ashley, I want, Anna, go the, ahead. I want Ashley ahead, to talk about the Ashley. culinary Ashley, because yeah. I want everyone who loves politics, Republican, Democrat, Independent, it's bipartisan at the Community Cafe, Come and talk politics today. Ashley Anna is our, next, way. is our next caller on the Big Finish. How are you? Hi, great. Yeah. So tell us about the menu today <laughs> that I can go talk politics with someone. Well, I'm going to piggyback a little bit on what Tony was talking about. We really try to still focus on local sourcing and to use all of our uh, local vendors here. So that bread is Verdant Bread, and it's a great local Ooh. company that's producing some fantastic bread that they're mixing by hand. So all we right. really try to so, so make sure we have great quality. If you want to come and you're a Democrat, get the BLT sandwich with the spicy <laughs> yeah. mustard. Yeah. If you're a Republican and you want to come to the cafe, get the BLT sandwich without the spicy mustard. Without the spicy mustard. But with mayonnaise instead. (laughs) And the two of you come and debate politics and... From a safe distance. And see if the students can get it right. Got to tell you the truth. They got it wrong the other day. I got the sandwich (laughs) with the spicy mustard. And my guest got the sandwich with mayonnaise. And by the way, this is Charlotte Rescue Mission. And they're not just helping the homeless. They're more than helping the homeless. They're trying to get the homeless back on their feet. And that's what I'm so impressed with you about. We want them to achieve their God-given potential. Absolutely. Really want All right, one more phone call on the line. Good morning, fellas. I don't like Trump, but one thing I, I do know as a Christian, and he is a human being. So I honestly pray that him and his wife gets better from this disease. God is able so you can come to the Community Matters Cafe, you can talk politics, you can pray for our president. That caller just brought it all together. You can pray for our country. <laughs> well, we just did it. We combined, we, we did a combo plate, and uh, here we go. That was nice. We'll have to do that again hey, next, com- next time you guys walk in. Community Matters Cafe is, is fantastic. And the Charlotte Rescue Mission, if you really want to help people get back on their feet, it's a great place to give donations to. It really does. I, Absolutely. I, I love the place. I love your whole theme. I love your solutions and problem solving to help each individual as they're an individual because they each have their own story and your each of your own sandwiches is a different sandwich, right? Tony, Ed, and Ashley Anna, thanks for rolling. If you eat there today, you're going to feel fine tomorrow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Monday, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor, we're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. 
everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, Monday at 9, 8 central on CBS.